Hi there, I'm Indy and I'm with Josh today, also known as Hexadecimal, a runner of a label, Lost Angles, and uh, also Bodway Video. Uh, hi Josh, how are you? No, I'm not too bad. Yourself? I'm fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. So I did mention Lost Angles there. Uh, you run that with someone else though, is that correct? Yes, correct. Uh, I run that with uh, my partner Sterling, also known as uh, Incarta95. Incarta95, right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you have a physical production of, yeah. of music sometimes, and you put out other people's music. How did you get into the whole thing? Not just Vaporwave, but you know, selling music and... Well, uh, label operations began probably in... It would have been the late summer of... 2015 and my partner Sterling and I were we were both working together and um, we were cleaning out our boss's storage locker okay and we both we at the time we both worked for an AV company and mm. uh, it was a summer job summertime so there really wasn't much to do <laughs> it was just pretty uh we're, we're the boss was just looking for us for something to do yeah fill time better than standing around exactly <laughs> so we're cleaning it out, and uh, we come across these uh, large, like, additional storage containers within the locker itself. And we're just going through them. It was full of old, like, ancient audio gear, like old uh, tape oh, recorders. Awesome. Uh, yeah. And then Score. we, you know, yeah, then we uh, <laughs> found, like, boxes and boxes of uh, unopened um, cassette tapes, just all blanks. Because what we had normally done was uh, use those cassette tapes to record the meetings uh, with oh, our clients. Okay. Uh, but, you know, since MP3 recorders came around, it's kind of been uh, a dead technology. Sure, sure. <laughs> or just kind of useless. Yeah. So we, uh, we we brought those back amongst the other gear. And uh, we asked the boss if he was needing them and if we could use them. And he was like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. It's there the garbage. So we... Uh, yeah, and at that point, I had already introduced uh, Sterling to uh, some vaporwave, and he and he got this crazy idea like, what if we just start a tape label? I mean, we have all the means. Yeah, it would just be kind of fun, just kind of a fun thing for us to do together. What kind of uh, cassette deck did you end up using? Well, uh, I would have to like rewind back a couple years when I was in. Uh, I'd gone to. Uh, uh, audio production school and i was always very interested in sort of like shitty degraded material and okay. i really i really like the idea of yeah i, I guess I, in learning how to do clean production i got pretty sick of doing clean production i kind of just wanted to pursue terrible production mm -hmm. <laughs> and so uh as soon as we started using uh tape recorders uh like proper good ones like reel-to-reels I got really interested in cassette tapes because they were all the beauty of the reel without any of the good sounds. Okay. And so I had gotten my first cassette deck uh, the following year, and it was this awesome, huge, like, it must have been like 30 pounds, and it was like a Pioneer deck. I, I knew the brand was good because like, yeah. they're, you know, they got really good uh, turntables and DJ equipment. Um or do they? I'm not really in that world. <laughs> I I do know the name. They have a lot of audio stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll trust my my blind opinion of them. 
But uh, yeah, so I, I bought this deck that said Pioneer on it, and it was like your class. I mostly bought it because it had these huge knobs on it, and that's what I really wanted. Yeah. Was like some really esoteric looking piece of recording equipment. And the guy at the store was pointing up to uh, some other deck that was like I think a Sony one. And it was all digital. I was like, Nah, I want one with the huge knobs. <laughs> So yeah, it was like a pioneer with like wood sides. Sick. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible deck. Okay. <laughs> and so you recorded onto that with Sterling? I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know it was terrible yeah. for like a while, but <laughs> it was sort of like early LA recordings uh, when we founded Lost Angles. He would, because uh, I had the tape deck and he was like kind of trying to do a little setup of his own. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'll bring home the tapes. We don't get like a thousand orders. We get like, I would bring home like a pack of 10 and that would be like my like supply. Yeah. <laughs> and now that's just like a weird joke Memory. of like my past. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Considering what I have to go through now. But uh, yeah, I would, uh, I would just bring these home, uh, dub uh, a copy of Flashback or 1996 or... Uh, what else we have? We had Cloud Expo and Pioneer. Those were like the real, those ones like really hurt me because mm. they're both, I make fun of Randy for it all the time, but Pioneer is like 45 minutes per side. So I'd be dubbing it and I only had one deck to do it and it was pretty popular. So and for, I, the, for the record, Randy is. Uh, that Randy would be 3D Blast. Okay. Yeah. Just for the people that uh, don't know that. Yeah, no worries. No problem. But uh, please continue. Yeah, uh, we were. I'd be pressing like Pioneer, or I'd be pressing Cloud Expo, and that'd be like my afternoon would be like four copies. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point, I I decided I needed oh, to like. That's really cool. I needed up the game there. Yeah, that's such an interesting story. Wow. Yeah. And it, so, what happened when you ran out of tapes? Mm. Well, see, I didn't think that would happen. We had, I think we had a approximately 500 like really good tapes like we had a lot of we had a lot of like have been used in the workplace so they're either very confidential information that was more relevant about 20 years ago mm -hmm. um and uh like mismatched ones it was mostly i believe it was all maxells but we had a bunch of these black ones, I remember, and I didn't really want to send anything out that didn't match. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I digress. Yeah. No, that's, With the that's uh, 500, it, I was expecting it to last at least a year, I think, as one would expect. I, I figured it would, I figured we'd run out eventually, and I don't think they lasted beyond january wow. of that of that same like not even a, not even half a year yeah, it would have taken a, a, between july 2015 and january of 2016 and mm. they were all gone at that point mm -hmm. so how did you start to uh, keep up with the demand of, for the product of well, the production at that point we had started doing uh, a few limited editions i think the first one we did was um uh with love by Waterfront Dining and uh, Cat System Corporation. Nice. Uh, a beloved classic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which is actually coming on vinyl pretty soon. Oh, damn. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's going to be awesome. Um, but, uh, and then uh, we did a run of uh, 
uh, closer by Chinese hackers and uh, ID thief by ID thief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's we, a great start. Yeah, well, we had done all these limited editions, and I started to. Uh, I kind of wanted to kind of branch out into my operations. I was I was kind of getting bummed out that we were only doing these colored cassettes uh for a couple of the couple of the runs and so i kind of wanted to do more with that and i was also kind of getting dragged out with all the uh, clear ones as well from the uh, c90s they're all kind of like a grayish tint and i oh, okay i kind of wanted to switch over to the white tapes that we do now so basically uh just just to like kind of elaborate on that point when we started the label what we wanted to do was print the music as it's ordered as opposed to buying or, or rather uh funding a yeah oh like a block of them to be printed professionally exactly we would just do them all one by one this way we didn't have to worry about like what's the word investing like, too much yeah there wouldn't be like any real risk to it because we already yeah. have no liability exactly because because if um like if say for example we had put up an album and it only sold like i don't know four copies then it's not like those tapes can't just be used for something that is selling mm-hmm. so it was like a very good point it was a very convenient place for us to start in and when the tapes ran out i kind of wanted to keep going with that and hence why all the ones that are currently printed like by the order or quote unquote like unlimited in their supply is uh they're all white just so that they all match in a kind of uniform sense yeah okay that's that's awesome that's a great 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 story thank you so much for that (laughs) thorough thorough detail that's awesome um so speaking of tapes you actually run a tape community on facebook is that right yeah that's right the uh vaporwave cassette club yeah yep Fantastic. Or, uh, aptly known as the VCC. Yeah, good old VCC. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how it got started? You have some other um, team members as well, is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was around the VCC when uh, Roman was still running it. And it was commonly for, it was, it was like a small uh, community hub for uh, people who had Vaporwave cassettes. I think it was originally for like sharing them or just uh, kind of talking about getting them not necessarily uh like a buy sell trade community but more like a place where i can post a vaporwave cassette and not expect like 10 other aesthetic posts mm-hmm. to kind of like clog it up with memes and such oh, okay and i think uh, because they were doing a lot of group funded um bootlegs which was kind of a can of worms and it's in and of itself sure uh, but uh during these uh bootleg periods uh roman would get very caught like filled up with orders and he would have to put them all together so um it, it was work yeah so if for one guy for for most of these labels it's like a lot of work especially if you don't already have like the know-how yeah sure uh but uh <clears throat> but the um the community still needed to be ran and he didn't really have time to do it so he started getting uh, more people i think the first person that he got in was aiden or poe poe being the person who runs uh, uh blcr okay so when once um the first two admins came in that was probably around 
I want to say like late 2016. Sure. Maybe. Okay. And then it just kind of started growing from there. I think just because Poe has quite a bit of influence on uh, Twitter. So a lot of people on Twitter would hear about this like Facebook page and then they would come swinging in. And then uh, it just now it's like a thriving community of like thousands of members. I think it's 6,000. Holy shit. <laughs> At least. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's now, awesome. now we have like 11 admins. So we'd be like myself at some point. Uh, Cat System Corp uh, also knows Jorn came in. We had Jeff, also known as Vape Error, come in as an admin. Uh, we have Tyler, uh, Trash Ghost, I think. Yeah, and, and then also uh, Fantasy Deluxe. He's right. also one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Those are like the famous admins. I, I think yeah. the rest of them are like, you know, hardworking vaporwave stiffs. Yeah. <laughs> cool guys still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Still great guys yeah. who pop in every now and then to approve or delete your posts because because <laughs> reasons. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, um, uh, Mark White, a.k.a. Um, uh, Gora Sao. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think he's an admin anymore. I think he wanted to step back sure. recently. But Crazy. But he was like, yeah, I, I, I didn't realize that he was like Gora Sao until, like, we were talking about gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <clears throat> So what kind of uh, vaporwave listener are you? There's so many different kinds of vaporwaves. We were sort of talking about that actually earlier yeah. with, uh, about Future Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you, would you kind of classify yourself in a certain way or do you, are you very broad? You listen to everything? Um, do you have a favorite genre, micro genre? <laughs> I think my, my, well, my favorite label, I'll like quickly mention that. My favorite label is um, DMT. Nice. FL. Yeah. And I'll kind of use that as a scope of what kind of vaporwave I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, so like DMT FL for the, for the uninitiated, I highly recommend going there just to, and, and just scrolling for, I don't know, like a minute at least just, just cause you'll need it. <laughs> you won't get to the bottom, but you'll need it because I last talked to Vito, uh, the fellow in Florida who runs it. And he said they're on their 800th release now. Yeah. It's so much less of a label and more of an archive. Just this beautiful monument to a culture that exists and continues to exist. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. He's been running that for a while now. Yeah. A couple of years. A lot of my favorite releases he've put out. Yeah. I mean... When I was first getting into the genre, it was Sterling who found DMT. I forget how, maybe off of the uh, Reddit. Um, and he would, and, and there was like pre-Lost Angles. He came up with the idea of an Incarnate 95 and he wanted to uh, send his album to uh, DMT just just because just because he wanted to, he wanted to be able to like have that like oh yeah. Uh, yeah i've got music on a vaporwave label yeah exactly <laughs> we didn't exactly expect dmt to just be this crazy like this crazy realm of music it, it wasn't until months later when sterling was telling me about all these great albums that were on dmt and i was like oh i gotta check it out and then i went there and they must have been on there they must have it was before wreck so they must have been within like the first 100, 200 releases at that point. And I was just astonished by the amount of crazy artwork yeah. that I saw. Oh, it yeah. was like this 
if you think you know what vaporwave aesthetic is, I recommend going to DMT and just letting that shake everything you know. It's like it's so much less about like Greek busts and more about like every chunk of nostalgia that just hits you immediately. Like I I identify with this so quickly. And yeah, that that whole site is just this crazy rainbow and uh i think the one that caught my eye just off the top of my head was probably uh florida amphetamine uh specifically the ice beam or aurora beam album and i think it was only like two or four tracks of like these i I think it's like extremely slowed down ssn music (laughs) but like of different generations okay (laughs) it's just very unlistenable but like a very magical magical kind of way oh wow yeah there's a lot of different stuff on there that's for sure so i guess like to answer your question my my the way that i listen to vaporwave is just enveloping myself in like the like borderline cursed internet content type of way where mm. I'm just embracing every every piece that comes at me. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, you, you, you seem to know, you, you seem quite knowledgeable <laughs> about it. That's for sure. I, I mean, I, I feel like you could find the most knowledgeable person on the subject and if their name isn't Vito, then they probably don't <laughs> know everything. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know anybody Touché. who's listen to who who lived and breathed vaporwave for like the last 10 years of their life mm-hmm. i mean it, yeah uh, huge inspiration just all around <laughs> yeah absolutely and you've put out some of his work as well yes you? yes i have it was uh it's the funniest thing because i think of all the dmt artists he easily has the most projects and aliases on it uh, and I, I, I don't know how many albums that he's put out, but it has to have been like at least a hundred because that was sort of like the running gag when he started DMT was to kind of have this, uh, he, he could give, he could give you a better explanation. Uh, but I, I believe it was to kind of have this internet label and it's all just these unknown artists that don't really exist. And I think that's like something that speaks to a lot of people when they're making like one-off vaporwave aliases, which I love when I find them. They're so good. <laughs> the ones that are just sort of like, we had an idea. That's it. That's all the idea. Yeah. It's over now. No, I once tried making a, a a list of all the vaporwave artists. And after a yeah. certain point, I was like, okay, this isn't going to yeah, be a good no, idea. Because <laughs> so many of them are like 10 of one person, but like different moods they had for like this idea. And they felt it. I think Stevia Sphere is like a common criminal. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. It really is. <laughs> so Lost Angles, I don't know if you know this, but I was looking at it uh, just in preparation for this show, and you're about to hit your 100th release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I It dawned on me uh, probably when I was this past Christmas mm. when I was very bored on the train and kind of needed something to do and i didn't have uh, it was kind of like a two week off the label and i was getting restless yeah because i do this full time so it uh you know i don't like to leave people like on the hang and then like no mm. one's doing anything it's just like christmas so i was like i need to make myself useful for the label somehow so i was organizing the discogs page and i realized that 
one, I'm horrifically behind in the Discogs page. I think <laughs> aren't we all? We have like like I think I'm maybe cataloged up to like LA zero zero sixty, but it was around like midway where I was like, shit, was it LA O O O or was it LA O O O O? Yeah, and there's a big difference between that. Yeah, uh, because I'm uh, I'm on ninety one. I can't remember. <laughs> I think 93. Yeah. It's it's getting there. So, yeah, yeah when I, I realized, shit, do I need to keep that new digit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I probably should. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, might, I might pass might pass something high soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I don't know about the LA, LA 100. I don't know. Uh, I would like to do something special, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> so, no, no plans yet? No plans yet, but... I don't know. That's fine. Now you got me thinking now. Maybe maybe I should do something special. <laughs> I I was hoping so. Yeah, I, I was like kind of hoping on our first on the first anniversary of Lost Angles, which I think was uh, what's the our anniversary day? I think like July twenty first or something. Okay. Yeah, that's that's Lost Angles' birthday. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like on the first one round, I was like, oh, it'd be fun to like do like a compilation of everybody who's been on the label so far. Oh. Uh, and then you know how compilations go they're yeah. impossible to plan you have to hound everybody down no matter how much they love you <laughs> and then uh i think i got like two submissions out of it oh. so yeah two out of like what 30 at that point mm-hmm. so i was like no nah, i'm just gonna Keep i'll, I'll save this compilation for later but maybe this is later yeah yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah i have this whole idea i think it was because I I think it was uh, Midnight Moon tapes, maybe? Yeah. MT. Were they the first ones that did, like, the dip tapes? I'm not certain. Uh, whoever did the dip tapes first, you get full cred for just cool-ass tapes. Great idea. But uh, I had this whole idea where it would be, like, a white tape, like, half-dipped in, like, pink or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, kind of, like spattered so it looks like sprinkles so it was like it was supposed to be like a cake yeah so, so maybe 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 that'll be my crazy idea for cool. la 100 well we'll cake see tapes we'll see no pressure though <laughs> no no pressure yeah no i can't uh, i'm not gonna yeah that sounds like too much work yeah <laughs> so uh, you you work with a lot of labels how do you um maybe for someone who's starting out or you know a beginner label what's uh do you have a recommendation for how to go about connecting with artists and you know building that relationship and that chemistry i feel like one of the best platforms for connecting with vaporwave artists is twitter and i mean i i'm i'm not the biggest like i have my gripes with every social media platform i feel like they could very easily coagulate into one one big app like i don't know like takes up like two app squares on my phone yeah. but it's like a real it's like the the social media like yeah. that'd be nice but just wait disney will buy all the companies yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, i want to go on disney book yeah <laughs> wipe over to my disney gram yeah <laughs> that's amazing but uh you called it yeah yeah i call it it's happening it's, i beat the simpsons to just it. wait <laughs> yeah just think of josh when it happens yeah yeah, no, Twitter. I, I feel like that's like the one that really made LA take off, honestly. Because uh, we went to Reddit. That was like kind of like our first stop. And Reddit was awesome because there's like a shit ton of vaporwave artists just like streaming through all the time. And they always, 
they always got first attempts that you, that are just so great to listen to. And I, I mean that both ironically and not because honestly, sometimes I do hear like crazy stuff, mm-hmm. like it, only through the Reddit. But at the same time, it's kind of, it's very nebulous at times. And I feel like, I feel like emotions run high <laughs> as soon as you're logging to Reddit. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it, They do. I, maybe it's because people are, they seem more anonymous. There's no picture. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah. I, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the power. Yeah. <laughs> power to say anything. Just let loose. Yeah, for sure. Well, it used to be a lot yeah. worse. Like it went through a couple phases, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember uh, 3D Blast was a part of making <laughs> a, a big change. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the Vaporwave subreddit is nothing if not very wild all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I highly recommend the Twitter account r slash best of r slash vaporwave. Yeah, because it's uh, it's got it's got some good bits quite often. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, or like Reddit. Um, when Sterling first logged into Reddit, he for for Lost Angles. I mean, that was when things really spread for us. The subreddit was like tricky, but <laughs> especially especially when we like notified our slash like ottawa because we were both living in ottawa at the time uh about like doing like a, a tape label and this the general response was who the fuck wants tapes yeah exactly <laughs> we're just like this is weirdly insulting yeah people still say that man i don't know it's weird yeah it, it was, it's it was like so antagonistic for yeah. like no reason <laughs> yeah that's that's the way i feel that too yeah i'll, I'll have to like pull up that that People like hate. question r slash ottawa someday yeah. see if i can find it in the archives yeah that, nice. it's pretty funny <laughs> but uh which so yeah. which you were saying reddit any specific subreddits or just well vaporwave? i mean like r slash vaporwave is probably like the best one there's also an r slash vaporwave cassettes is that how people say like subreddits they just say r slash first I feel like people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it, yeah, that's that's what I do. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh, that makes yeah. Okay, um, yeah, I feel like vaporwave is like the main one. Like that's like the main subreddit. There's also like a future funk subreddit. Mm-hmm, um, soft and I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of micro genre subreddits, etc. Et yeah. Ontology. That's <laughs> if that's your dig. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, moving on to a uh, great answer. I, I hear great things about the Discord. But yeah. I just don't use Discord really. Yeah. Just be just because I got invited to like three different groups, and then I get notifications all night long for conversations I'm not really part of. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you right click the picture, you can mute server, which I do yeah. for every single one. That's yeah, like, that's I feel cute. like I've muted enough of them to be like, well, why am I even here? Yeah, true. Yeah, it's, I'll it's wait for it to like, like catch on. Almost. Yeah, so. I mean, I didn't. I didn't care about Twitter for like my whole life until like I got a bunch of followers through vaporwave. So then it started to like actually have a back and forward. And yeah. I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It's, it's easier to track. There's, you know, and yeah. on discord, it can be a complete mess. It's really hard to keep up with so many people talking. <laughs> gets crazy sometimes. So how do you think that, uh, the future of vaporwave is going to be, and maybe it's a two part question, I guess. Yeah. Uh, labels as well. Vaporwave labels. Well, my my kind of like to backpedal to your previous question. I, I find that with a lot of labels that start up lately, and it was one thing that was like that I feel like it's brung up 
in every forum whenever someone's like, I'm going to start a label or I am starting a label or I'm thinking of starting a label. Most people are going to be like, what sets your label apart? And I I definitely recommend kind of having uh, an answer to that. Mm. However, ironically, uh, Lost Angles doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so like if, if I saw somebody being like, I kind of want to start up a vaporwave label, what, what would you recommend? And I'm like, I, I would be like, mm, like kind of like pick, pick a lane, quote unquote, like kind of like find out what speaks to you in the genre and then kind of reflect that through what you output. And there's nothing wrong with being very focused mm-hmm. on like one particular sound. A lot of people do it. And oh, that's great advice. Yeah. Uh, funny enough, Lost Angles doesn't follow this advice at all. And <laughs> I don't really, uh, yeah, it's something that I never really thought about. <laughs> Uh, I, I think if I were to describe like what the Lost Angles sound is, it's kind of just a celebration of the variety of sounds. Because we have a lot of like, we have a lot of noise recordings in addition to more melodic ones. We have a lot of, mm-hmm. um, we have future funk recordings. We have very classic style vaporwave recordings, like echo jams, that kind of thing. Yeah. I've been told that I do broken transmission, but I'm, I haven't watched the Pad Jennington video explaining what that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I just keep forgetting. But uh, in I, I think the future of labels kind of reflects that. It's kind of hard to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely want to see more labels pop up. I also want to see like a rhyme and reason for them popping up, I guess. Yeah, that's like, a good point. I guess what primarily differentiated differentiated lost angles from the other labels was that we did uh tapes like printed on demand as opposed to like batches and i think that was like i don't know if anybody else does it right now but i know that wasn't something that was commonly done if done at all back then but i've definitely had like ideas of other labels to like kind of like put together but yeah, I'd like to see that for the future of labels is kind of like having something new and immediately identifiable that I'd be like, yeah, I want that sound like I want like the quote unquote business business casual sound. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they necessarily have a sound, but like, you know, like that, that, like that kind of thing. Like I want the dream catalog sound, you know? Yeah. 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 That's that's true. Like what's going to come next? Yeah. And that would kind of like play along with the art as well. Like, I'm not sure what the next step of vaporwave art is, but I'm excited to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's guess it's half of the the whole thing, right? It's well, yeah, half yeah, exactly. Music, half aesthetic. If if I had to guess where the music would go, I think you'd have to look at the um, like the producers. Like a lot of them are like younger, and they're just kind of still figuring out what their sound is. So I think, like, definitely pay attention to artists that have been around for a while, because you'll probably start seeing, like, a lot of their work transforming in interesting ways, yeah. where they're beginning to, like, identify what their sound is. Mm-hmm. We're, we're already seeing that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, artists like um, uh, Surfing, I think they're a great example, where they're basically making the music that sounds like sampled music. And then sampling that, 
Mm-hmm. And then on their most recent album, Incubo, it was just like some really awesome guitar work and bass work that was done on that. And it was mostly, and, and then like an additional like live vocals too. I think that's pretty wild. Just like the idea of being able to like portray Vaporwave in like a live movable sense like external from a computer or external from like signal processing. It's really quite interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you make your own music. Yeah. Under hexadecimal. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have any other aliases? Um, I had this, <laughs> I, I do. I had this old, um, had this old like electro industrial band in like, however long ago some years ago that i formed with a friend we released like one cd called like called hots yeah or i guess it would be pronounced hates like just h-a-t-z with like an umlaut over the a mm. and it's it's definitely somebody's first album that's definitely what it sounds like <laughs> we're just two fresh-faced fellas out of like music industry trying to make like goofy electronic tunes yeah that's so, so cool that would be another alias i don't know if i really use it anymore right <laughs> but uh mostly just hexadecimal now. It, yeah it's primarily hexadecimal yeah. i was trying to do some other alias work but I, i'm kind of deciding just to put it all under hexadecimal because i don't really release much as it is anyways mm-hmm. so i might as well just have it under like one thing and then yeah. like have it like sagas or arcs have nice. like if i'm like oh i want this to be an alias maybe i'll just make it a hexadecimal thing and then like limit it to like three releases that make sense in that sound and then if i have like a noisier idea then i'll save it for later but yeah it, it does help some people kind of be more loyal in a way because they're able to keep well, track yeah. of what you're doing <laughs> keeps them like you know aware of you know i guess i could just make a band camp for that but <laughs> it's yeah I don't know. it's a good name that's that's it <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> kind of ambiguous and fits under a lot of sounds and yeah stuff. for sure for me i always think of uh the antagonist from reboot or yeah one of them yeah, yeah. that was yeah. that was the that was the origin of the name with yeah. the face and everything <laughs> yeah so cool the changing face great show awesome. so ahead of its time man. oh i know <laughs> and you also you do uh vhs's with bodway video yeah yeah uh, when did you start doing that um so that would have been started with i want to say it's LA 066, which would have been uh, Fantasy by Luxury Elite, but it was the VHS mm-hmm. cut. So uh, we actually wanted to do VHS a long time earlier when, like, basically as soon as we started doing tapes, we wanted to start doing VHS. And we we never really had video to put it together until probably would have been the spring or summer of uh, 2017. And Sterling just asked Luxury Elite, like out of the blue, uh, if she wanted to do this VHS tape. And she was totally down because she's amazing. And uh, so we so we just did a run of the uh, VHS tapes. And I, I think he got them off of like eBay or something. Yeah. So like all the original ones are white mm. and all cool and impressive, not black. Because <laughs> colored, it's like a running thing with like VHS is that finding sure. colored shells is next to impossible unless it's like a nickelodeon tape yeah so no for usually sure usually they're just black especially because they're not really made anymore yeah you get lucky See, it makes you cherish them more oh yeah exactly uh, i have uh, they're, they're... i got a few 
Yeah, yeah, I saw them up there. <laughs> looking, looking great. <laughs> yeah, I'm still missing that fantasy, though. Oh, it'll come, it'll come. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's just hard, yeah, because if, because just VHS tapes aren't really made. You really have to look. And, yeah, it's uh, a whole other game. It really sure. is. Uh, I mean, like, duplication uh, does it now. Duplication. Being oh, the, really? Yeah, they're the Dupe they're, shop. Or yeah, duplication.ca. Yeah, 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 being the company that I think myself, but like also a lot of other artists in the scene, like look to, if not, like I know some people go to Delta Media, like that's another big one, but the primary one is uh, duplication.ca. And yeah, I think they just recently got uh, VHS, like a rig put together. That's awesome. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see some more tapes coming out. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I just need to just need to reinvest in myself. <laughs> I just in general too. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Get Bodway going, but we had, it started mostly because um, I was taking up more and more operations through Lost Angles, and Sterling was like, "Well, I kind of want to contribute more," and so when uh, when Fantasy came out, it was such a hit. However, it introduced the problem of shipments, like mm. shipping out if someone wanted to buy a tape and also a VHS tape. It, it was just a logistic nightmare wrapping those two things up. I mean, I could do it just easy now, but it was because, uh, yeah, just because I, I hadn't really gotten into heavy shipments. So I didn't really I was still like new to the whole thing. Yeah, they're way bigger. Yeah. <laughs> they're a little different yeah. in shape and size. <laughs> so I ended up just being like, I would rather we just make a, a second label that's dedicated to that, primarily to keep these orders separate from each other so that we don't so I don't mix them up and mm. I uh, lose my mind. Yeah. And then shortly afterwards or no, it was shortly around when it began. Um, Sterling had also moved one town over because he got a new job. And I was like, well, this is kind of perfect because then this is something that you can contribute to the label without actually having to like be in the same city for. So it'd be basically like him running full operations of that instead of just like the Lost Angle social media. It would be like like a new thing for like a new project basically mm-hmm. to add on to lost angles. And so when Bodway was um, moving along, it would have been uh, just Sterling until I think 2017 around then. That was when I had taken in the label. Uh, maybe it was 2018. I didn't know if Sterling was even a part of it. Yeah. He actually uh, he, he, uh, found it and he was like, do we, do we keep the like the reboot naming scheme? And I was like, if I can find a good one, I'm I'm still gunning for Silicon Tour. Nobody's used it yet. <laughs> I want to use it. It sounds cool. Yeah. And I think Sterling was like, it sounds too much like like a deep web site. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but that's Cyberpunk like that's like the cool part. It'd be yeah. like it'd be like our industrial thing. Yeah. But anyways, no, I, I love the Bodway name. It, yeah. uh, it it I feel like it has a lot of imagery to it. For totally. Some totally. Yeah. And it just happened that there was uh, a sector in. Uh, reboot that's called Bodway, and uh, Sterling was like, "That's the one. That's gonna because it's like Broadway video, yeah, Bodway video, yeah, works perfectly." I think it's Bodway, by the way. Just to like, just like a quick side note, I've been 
I've I've heard people call it Bodeway, mm-hmm. and I'm now filled with doubt. <laughs> so yeah, well, it's a GIF uh, gift thing right. all over again. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh no, <laughs> I'm not I'm not completely positive if it's Bodeway or Bodeway, but I'm gonna call it Bodeway because because that's the one that I I choose for now. Yeah. in my ignorance. <laughs> well, it's exciting. People have a choice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's but yeah, awesome. it would have been, uh, I think, in 2018 or the end of 2017 when Sterling was just getting, it, it was just getting too much for him because VH is very complicated. Mm-hmm. It's very time consuming and it's also very big, just like the boxes that you store all the blanks in take up a lot of space. And then also the equipment takes up a lot of space. And then so does quality assurance, like Absolutely. testing every video. So yeah. So he was just like, I'm, I think I'm just going to like can it. And I'm like, oh my God, well, I'll take it. I'll take everything. Yeah. Like there's, there's no, there's no way I can just let this go. It's, yeah. I mean, how many other VHS labels are there? We've mm-hmm. got like basement tapes and I think chewing foil yeah. and maybe one other. Yeah. And then there's been some like a tape here and there. Just yeah. Just artists. a lot of like one-offs yeah. as well. Like I've seen a few people do one-offs. I think like Jeremy the oceanographer was one mm-hmm. or Eugene the oceanographer right sorry yeah I, for like the like Korean Olympics tape was what it was I forget what label that was off of but I'm pretty sure I got a PAL tape <laughs> yeah oh no because <laughs> the whole thing's like pitched up in black and yeah. white <laughs> oh crazy oh I know yeah. uh, Night Tempo just did one with Neon City oh no way yeah it actually didn't turn out great though I think oh, no? might, yeah there might be some factory uh, adjustments but yeah. I, th- I think they're gonna work it out yeah nice nice yeah for sure well, and, that's cool um sensual the, the like the one with the hentai cover oh oh yeah yeah from <laughs> i think it was from tracking waves yeah that got one as well oh cool yeah is that legal <laughs> to like to like ship that out <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> In case you're like selling porn to minors, is that is that legal? Yeah. Oh my god. I, I'm definitely like that's like ran through my mind something. every time I've ever like Pandora's box. Yeah. Every time I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll put like hentai in my art. That'll be like edgy and cool and thematic. And then I was like, wait a minute, is this is this legal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that. I'll let the legal team worry about yeah, that. I guess. Exactly. Hopefully it works out. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So. You uh, you do live events, is that right? Yeah, or you yeah, have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've been live performing for forever, mm. so I kind of I, I I've only done one official like vaporwave um, live event. But yeah, like just because I've been doing live shows for such a long time with my various projects, I was kind of it was just kind of a realm that I already knew. Yeah, and that was also something that kind of surprised me about vaporwave is that it's very, I guess I guess it goes with the territory of being like an internet genre, mm-hmm. but it's like very kind of trapped <laughs> in the confines of the internet. And I, if you ever see like a vaporwave artist performing somewhere, like you hundred percent should go see that. Like not only for support, but also because you know it's live vaporwave. What mm-hmm. are they doing? <laughs> exactly. I mean, some people do crazy stuff live, like like they perform it in such an interesting way. Um, there's an artist, uh, Quadratox. Yeah. Uh, is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> Quadratox? Something like that. I think so. Quadratix. 
the X guy. Yeah. And uh, uh, they perform with like this hollowed out actual Macintosh plus computer, but with like, it's got like its own, like, like a proper OS on it. Yeah. But like the case is like an actual, like shelled out Macintosh plus. Nice. And he just like performs using that. And that's like really cool. I think, uh, is it equip? Yeah. Who did, uh, no, wait, no. Was it equip? Who did, uh, it was, uh, with uh, Death Dynamic Shroud.wmv last year, they did a tour in Japan called like Neo Gaia Fantasy or something like that. It was it was either Equip or R two K three X. Is that the name? Yeah. <laughs> Be honest. I think so. He just put out a cool seven inch actually. I think it was Equip who was on tour with them. But anyways, it, I he was performing with like like a PlayStation, like a Dreamcast, and like, like a craziest setup I've ever seen yeah. on like a table. Like it just looked like a bunch of crazy emulators and I'm not sure what he was doing, but it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. And then it's same with uh, George Clanton. He performs live and has like this awesome led wall behind him with like, just like a bunch of like wild visuals. Sick. So when uh, the dupe shop, had posted on Twitter, I think like September this year, mm-hmm. um, that they want to do like a vaporwave um, set list at like live at the shop, and that's here in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I got to get on that. And it, it just how it happened like that week. I was like talking to other Ontario uh, vaporwave artists like uh, Vitomo, uh, Sonia, and uh, Metaprise Applications. Nice and. We were like, oh, we got to do, we got to do some, some stuff. Like we're all kind of in the same area. We should perform some cool stuff live or yeah. DJ or et cetera. And uh, so, yeah, when I saw the dupe shop uh, post, that they wanted to do a vaporwave showcase. I was like, this is, this is it. This is the no brainer. It just like worked out so perfectly. And, and so I would have performed that show with uh, Chris from uh, Tiger Blood Tapes. Yeah. And then also uh, Java EXE. Nice. Yeah. And that was cool. That was that was like really, really cool to be able to just do that live. Can you describe what went on at your uh, particular performance? My performance. So like the other the other uh, the other two guys, they did uh, mostly like uh, laptop mixing. Mm. And I my laptops are very fragile and need to stay in the studio at all times. Yeah. Basically my my like MacBook is like from 2011 and it works fine, but it's also a MacBook from like almost 10 years ago. And it's a ticking time bomb, man. It's yeah. going to go any day. Yeah. And I need to and that's what I run the label off of basically. <laughs> so, I kind of need it in safe hands. Yeah. And then my other laptop can't play like videos so i'm not gonna try and bring that live because it's already it's already like you know it's gonna screw me somehow yeah so i was like well i've got all this crazy gear i might as well actually use it for vaporwave and in trying to practice this live set like trying to like figure out how i wanted to play it i ended up putting together the exact the exact setup that would allow me to compose my latest album Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So it uh it consists of this little it's kind of like a like a looping synth and it's very uh, it's very odd but it's starting to come through the cracks in like in like the YouTube 
our esoteric synth community. It's this uh, item called a Coca Quantus. And basically it's a pair of loopers, but like they're really shitty loopers. Mm. Like I think like eight bits of resolution. So it's like a very long, it's like a delay. And the way that a delay usually works is that the higher the resolution, the shorter the time is, unless you've got good coding. But if you have lower resolution, you get way more delay time. And they sound terrible. Like they're horrible, horrible loopers, but that's kind of what you want. (laughs) It's like meant for quote unquote finding ghosts. And the idea is you loop things into it and then you kind of discover interesting kind of like bits and pieces in like the audio as it's looping. Yeah. And so I thought that fit Vaporwave pretty well. And I ended up putting my mixes. I put some mixes together up on a CD and then ran that CD player into this dual looper. And then all I really needed after that was like reverb because I was kind of just playing the loops and kind of messing with them, reversing them, fast forwarding them, skipping them all over the place. Yeah, I mean, it it just worked out so elegantly that I was able to put like have that going for the live set. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what my live set is just a looper and CD mixes. Yeah, no, it's, that sounds interesting. Hopefully, there's another vaporwave event soon that we yeah. can see you perform at. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's quite a spectacle. I mean, it, it's because it's like a little, like kind of a modular synth, so it just looks like a weird bomb mm-hmm. <laughs> on stage. And I usually get more people asking me what the hell it is than how I did on my set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. And was there any uh, kind of visual aspect to it as well? Like I any had play, video playback or anything. I was asked by uh, well, because they they were wondering uh, the uh, dupe shop if I wanted to do any visuals for the uh, show and uh, it would be like under Bodway. Like, so the idea would be, I would bring a bunch of VHS tapes and then we would just play those in the background, but I kind of wanted to do something special. And I think ever since I work by um, uh, open XML, that was the first album that I did like a 3d promo for. And if you follow our Twitter or our Facebook page, you'll know that uh, like every release that I'm able to, which I think I've only missed one ever since I work, I will always do like this really, really lame, like 3D, like CGI uh, promo video. And so I was doing those and I thought this is kind of fun. I'll modify, put together like a whole video for just, just for the show. Wow. And so I did. It's like an hour long video mix of just like, cool weird vaporwave stuff from unity and then uh and then it was seen by anybody who was kind of peeking at the like crts behind me during the set yeah oh wow (laughs) did you upload that like can it can anyone see it anywhere no (laughs) no i never uploaded it no yeah because it's mostly partly well it's partly because i still like reuse a lot of that footage for like whenever other people are like could you do visuals for a show like since then Mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah, totally. I'll do like brand new visuals and yeah. then I wait till the last minute. I'm like, well, fuck, I don't have time to <laughs> render anything. So then I usually just like vampire pieces here and there from that. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I think I have like a couple clips of it on the Bodway Twitter because I was doing this whole eyeballs one to like start out with because I learned how like you could make particle, particle effects, uh, three dimensional objects. 
And so I was like, uh, oh, yeah, it would be, be cool for, like, following eyeballs and just do a whole eyeball thing. Mm-hmm. So I was doing eyeball stuff. And that one is – if you ever, like, see that live, it's really quite amazing because I had tempo synced the entire thing to every, like, layer cut in uh, that Xmas song from uh, Aphex Twin's Zero album. Okay. I don't remember much of Zero, but I definitely remember the Christmas song. It's yeah. really It's really good. And uh, – yeah, so I tempo synced like all these clips to it. By the time I was done, it took me it took me like a week to do. And I'm like, God, no, I'm just gonna do like static loops for the rest of this. <laughs> so it'd be a bit dull after that one. Yeah, but you can still find that swimming around on the Bodway Twitter. Yeah, yeah. If you're not uh, subscribed or following Josh, definitely do that. Um, you have Twitter for all of your. Uh... Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, at Lost Angles at Bodway Video, and also at A Decimal, because recently I, I realized it was kind of weird whenever a friend of mine posts, like, I got lemonade today, like, living it up, living the dream, and then I would like it as the label. I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably just have my own Twitter yeah. handle. <laughs> no, I feel that way sometimes about some of my projects, too. It's like, oh, got to switch it. Yeah, yeah. I was also mildly jealous of uh, Incarta 95's impressive like 2K followers now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, I got to get in on that. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> pretty good, especially for get just on those internet points, <laughs> right? Especially for just standard vaporwave. I fi- I think yeah, Future yeah. Funk is just bigger on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, or even like YouTubers often will like one tweet from like a vaporwave virus and then like it just explodes yeah you know like if i think like for the longest time one of my most popular tweets was one that was retweeted by frank jabsey uh and it was it was when it was like it was like when randy was making fun of somebody and uh he was uh like any like like super offhandedly just like mentioned that he looked like the radio guy from this one uh it was like this one squiggle dot album i think called like space treats yeah and the cover art <laughs> if, if you've ever seen Euglacine's cover art it's like this really weird like 90s plasticine almost characters and yeah it's got like a pink radio guy who's doing like kind of a funny walk <laughs> and so like i like tweet i like tweeted a picture of that and said like careful of who you make fun of as a kid or something <laughs> it's like a tiny like pink boom box yeah and then frank jebsey retweeted and that was like the biggest tweet i've ever made until like i don't know until we gained like enough followers to like <laughs> carry our own weight <laughs> yeah so where do you think your label's uh aesthetic and philosophy fit in with the broader community well i think uh, like kind of like how i mentioned earlier where it's almost like a celebration of the different like ideas of vaporwave i feel like we kind of fit in we're I, I, it's hard to explain we're we're like a handful of confetti uh, that's kind of how i would describe it like that's like what my mental picture is and i'm trying to translate that into words yeah we're like well, a handful funny of you said that because the new design for the band camp is kind of like pieces of I don't know what it is, but colorful pieces of stuff. Yeah, it was a, it was a good Memphis uh, wallpaper that I found yeah. <laughs> and purchased. Yeah, my dues. Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, I've always just kind of like imagined it as like confetti to be like just a lot of different pieces and different colors and different ideas. Mm-hmm. 
the ideas playing more into the metaphor than physical confetti. But uh, it was just just for my inspiration of DMT. I really wanted to branch out and not limit myself to kind of one idea. And that's not to say that having one idea or one recurring theme is like takes away from the label. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I think a lot of labels thrive off of that, actually. I think just my idea was people keep sending me good demos and I want them all to fit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Confetti. One cohesive yeah. confetti package. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, and what about your, your music? Do you, how do you think it fits in with the community or maybe you have like a niche or a speciality? Well, um, it kind of depends. Like when, when I began the label, I had never listened to Vaporwave. Well, no, no, sorry. When I first heard of Vaporwave, I never listened to Vaporwave and didn't. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, I, I, a friend of mine, it was an artist that I was following called uh, Brave Little Pixel, uh, a fellow from the UK, and he was, like, making art kind of in the st- style of Vaporwave, and he's like, anybody else into Vaporwave? And I, so I look it up because I'm like, I don't know. Because I'm in the industrial scene, so I'm like, everything that has a wave suffix is full of shit. Mm. And uh, <laughs> hot take right there. And uh, so I looked it up and I was like, I don't know, this is like another thing, another fucking industrial like subgenre that I need to like not care about. Yeah. And then uh, I found it was like all about like commercialization. I'm like, damn, this completely speaks to me. Yeah. Uh, this is exactly what I feel like is missing from right. what... I'm listening to right now. I think a lot of people kind of feel like that when they first get into vaporwave is they kind of like, they're kind of like searching for something and they don't really know what it is. And vaporwave just has it, you know, that's, I mean, you'll show anybody a piece of music and they'll be like, whatever, unless it speaks to them really. Sure. And so I, I feel like a lot of people who are like into vaporwave are like really into it. Mm -hmm. Like they, they know, they know what all the all the Japanese characters mean for their favorite artists. They know favorite songs. They have like they they have all the arcs listed down. They have like they have like cover or like um like like flow charts of how to listen to an artist who has like a hundred releases. Yeah, and oh, so it can get very complex. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah, when I first learned of vaporwave, it wasn't until a few months later that I actually listened to it. It was just funny because I was so taken with its definition and its like formative album names mm-hmm. that I was like, I know this music, and I did not at all. <laughs> I I could never have expected Vaporwave to be what it was. Yeah, uh, I just assumed maybe kind of chill, but it's like all about like how commercialism sucks. So obviously, it's more like noisy. <laughs> and so I made this one track called Flower Bomb, and it was. It was my first Vaporwave track. It's nothing near what Vaporwave is. Not at all. It has like aspects maybe, but like there's there, there's no question that if you showed this to somebody, they'd be like, I don't know what that was. It wasn't Vaporwave. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was mm-hmm. industrial. Maybe, yeah. maybe it was like hard EBM. It was not Vaporwave. And so when I actually started making proper Vaporwave, quote unquote proper, it was mostly just to catch up with Sterling, who was just making albums like here and there, yeah. sending me tracks called like Sterling 001 or like Track for Josh or like <laughs> Vaporwave Idea number That's like amazing. 80. Yeah. So <laughs> I was awesome. like, ah, I got to keep up. 
So so I started making some tracks, and they are currently trapped in my uh, in my computer, presumably forever. <laughs> and I think it was it was just kind of a hard process to make anything that didn't sound like everybody else because because uh, I was using Pro Tools and it's kind of a, it's a bit of a restrictive DAW to like mm-hmm. work on it's, like, creatively it, speaking. It's hard to change the workflow. Yeah. The, the workflow for Pro Tools, for those that don't know, it's it's like the industry standard of DAWs when you're doing editing. Yeah. And it's very good at editing. But very, Once you learn it. Yeah. But it's very bad at like encouraging creativity. Oh, it's and very like unforgiving too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. And so like every time I like would pull up a DAW to like make Vaporwave, it would be like walking into a soviet building you know because i'm like i know exactly how to like edit a song to death and frankenstein in a way that you'll never recognize but i don't really know how to make music that makes me happy yeah (laughs) and so so yeah uh it was kind of a process and the tracks that i made evolved over a while and as as i was getting more money in my day job to kind of allocate towards like musical equipment i was really into like buying modular equipment like modular synths and for some reason that said uh i need to make like vaporwave with this and i don't know if you've ever used a modular synth but it's like 10 times harder to make one sound oh for sure I've, <laughs> let I've alone seen, a genre <laughs> i've seen some of your pictures on facebook like <laughs> I, I imagine by now you've got it you're I've got quite a, thorough, I, yeah. But... I've got a pretty down pat. If you ever visit the modular about... subreddit, you'll yeah. usually see me poking my nose in nice. every now and then to let people know they need to buy more VCAs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about patching, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Endless patching. Yeah. So, like, forget the genre. The genres that's an afterthought. Yeah. <laughs> if you can make it to like being able to call something a genre in modular jams, then congrats, you were able to stop plugging things in. So yeah, I, I it was probably like when I was like just constantly building this synth that I was like I think I can only make ambient music with this with the way that I know how that's the only way I know how and so it was mostly because my my stereo output module you need output modules by the way that's a thing <laughs> my stereo output was also like this texture synthesizer it was like a kind of an effects but also kind of like a granular processor. And so it just ended up happening that all the music that went through it would get washed and reverb mm. by some some mysterious force of nature that certainly wasn't my desire to crank the reverb. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that's basically where Cemetery 17 came from. Wow. Was just trying to make Vaporwave without really knowing how yeah. I was capable of doing it. Yeah, well, and that that's a great... Uh segue like it kind of made you transform into this new realm yeah. sort of it had to without knowing it yeah. or planning it i mean i think looking back now there was like a lot of like methods i could have gone through because what i really want to do was make it like hardware just because i had hardware and i like i like synths I'm a, that's my main my main thing since so, yeah <laughs> i'm really into synths and so that's how i wanted to make vaporwave i wanted to make it using synthesizers and old conventional 
or unconventional methods. Mm-hmm. Actually, physically doing something, yeah, not just sitting in front of a screen. Not to not to like shit on that. I no, mean, no, people it's... make much better vaporwave than I do through a uh, computer through. Uh, What's it called? Audacity. Yeah. Audacity wave is great, honestly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> my take. Yeah. Because uh, crazy spoiler alert, slow things sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the ethos that a lot of people who get into vaporwave kind of want to pretend they're above, but they're not. Slowed down things sound awesome. <laughs> that's that's what made the genre great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it was initially a way to kind of circumvent copyright absolutely i don't know if it works anymore i don't know know if you could just like slow down a whole track and nothing else yeah and be able to avoid the youtube flag i've never tried it but i i think vapor memory mentioned having issues with like less chopped up stuff yeah no (laughs) i've heard heard of that for sure yeah especially on youtube yeah exactly so that that's kind of what ended up happening with my sound was just like by what my environment was in recording and how I went about recording it, it just formed itself mm-hmm. in order to adapt to that. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Josh. Totally. Um, one more question before you go. Yeah. Do you have any uh, interesting stories you can tell us or maybe where something unexpected or interesting happened happened, or you had a crazy obstacle to overcome? Yeah. <sighs> The vinyls, that's always that's always fun. The vinyls, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, so last summer, I had finally saved up enough money to fund Lost Angles' first uh, vinyl run, and I chose Maury. Uh, I chose it because one, it's an amazing album. I don't know if you've ever listened to the original Aokigahara Online album, the self-titled one. I first discovered that on the uh, Ozcast, actually. That was oh, wow. one of Oscob's picks of the week. Yeah. And uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is an incredible album. And I got to have that on the label as well. But when I got to have Maury, I was like, this is so good. How would yeah. you make this? And Tommy was telling me, uh, this is all original. This, this whole album's original. Wow. And I'm like, all right. That's going to be the one I put on vinyl. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for analog. It's perfect for analog. It's so, like, like listen to the fucking production of this album and tell me it isn't like so good. Yeah. I mean, Tommy's out of uh, production school too. So, I mean, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The guy's gotten to use like good compressors mm-hmm. at least once in his life. I think some people deserve that. Yeah. Well, that was <laughs> one of the first records, vape records that I purchased. Or... No kidding. Yeah, um, and I looped it like crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I got the test press home, probably in October or November, it was cold out. I remember that. I got the test pressing in, and I didn't. I didn't have a record player at my old place. I it was it was like or like I did. My option was like an Ion. <laughs> the Ions and the Crosleys, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my Ion made me think for a very long time that Oblivion by Grimes is just a crazy glitch song. But <laughs> oh it's just a shitty player, man. <laughs> it's a really That's bad amazing. it's a really bad player. And so I was like, alright, I gotta I gotta bring this to somebody who has a good player. And I yeah. only knew one person who had a great player and wasn't like a dick about it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to bring it to his place. (laughs) And so 
we we put it on. I'm nervous because the test pressing, it's probably going to suck. I'm going to have to send it back because I didn't get it mastered for vinyl. I was like, I don't know, it's ambient. And, and I kind of, if coming from like audio school, I have this crazy prejudice that mastering is just compression and EQing, which it is. There's legitimacy to it, I'm sure, but <laughs> um, I digress. Uh, so I was like, oh, this is going to suck, but bear with it. And so I put it on and it just sounded so good. It was so perfect. Crisp. The second, like, crisp, there's like huge low end, like massive low end. Yeah. That, that was, that wasn't overwhelming in the least bit. I was like, this is it. This is the exact mix that I want. That's amazing. And so I was just like, like my worries just peeled right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why why did you choose that story? Why was it interesting or challenging? It was interesting because <laughs> I got the records, or so I I bought them, or I bought the run in uh, June twenty seventeen. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in the scene know what happened in September twenty seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> that has to do with vinyl. Yeah. So you know big album comes out <laughs> uh -huh, floral shop yeah and uh and i'm like oh yeah when my vinyl comes out it's gonna join the shelves of that vinyl <laughs> well good thing it didn't no <laughs> no so it was probably around the point of december when i didn't get it and i, th I think everything like went to shit around november like, you know, I, I think like label owner to label owner, I would probably be a lot more lenient on OSC, OESB if I actually did get a floral shop record. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I am part of the uh, <laughs> I am a member of the selection of orders that did not didn't quite make it, didn't yeah. quite make it yet. Yeah. So victim. Yeah. Until until I get that, then I think it's it's fair play for me to be like. I think it didn't go according to plan. <laughs> yeah, I'm still waiting for two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, around December when I was waiting on it and it was all just craziness, I was like, okay, I can't put out this record unless it's exactly right. And that took a while. Yeah. I, it was, I think it was released like February last year. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Sounds about right. And I was so nervous. Because, first of all, I got the records in. I got them all in, safe and sound, probably like December, January or something. All these, like, like a skid's worth. Yeah, delivered to the... <laughs> got delivered to, like, my parents' house. Mm. <laughs> and and then I picked them all up. Yeah. And uh, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, like, exactly right. I don't want to end up like that. I'm terrified, terrified that everyone's going to think it's going to be like... They're, they're gonna like wait a week it's not arrived and they're, they're like oh it's fucking floor shop all over again and i'm like i can't i can't risk it <laughs> it's got to be perfect so and it's my first vinyl run too so that's gonna like make or break me and pressure's on pressure's on so i waited i waited i waited months before i actually put it online like as available i had to make sure that it was exactly right and I was Every like dodging, one. I was dodging all like the first time mistakes. So like people were telling me like, you gotta, it, I, I got, I, I got one of my favorite vaporwave albums ever made. Uh, I'll, I'll try living like this by death's dynamic shroud. Yeah. In, uh, 
I got that very fast in the mail. And it was packaged with the record outside of the sleeve. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been alive for how long? And I've never heard of that before. I assumed it was a terrible idea. And it's actually the way to send vinyl. <laughs> so I was like, all right, good to know. Good to, good to know that I sprung for shrink wrapping on every single oh, vinyl. God, yeah. <laughs> so now every time you buy a, a Mori vinyl, just know that's me getting it from my desk, pulling it out of the box and grabbing like an exacto knife and just like very carefully not scratching the sleeve as I remove that stupid shrink wrap <laughs> so that I can take the record out and put it behind the sleeve. Oh man, that's such a great story. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Perfect. Well, perfect yeah. way to end it, Josh. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to say before we let you go? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, of course. Absolutely. It was for a sure. pleasure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. And that was my conversation with Josh, also known as Hexadecimal. We're going to leave you with one of his songs. It's called All of Our Operators Are Currently Busy. And it's from his album Stay In Line.
I'm so, I'm so, I'm so.